uh, you know, uh, fascinating transition. Damn it! Hello, and you are listening to the Gotham Chronicle podcast powered by thebatmanuniverse.net. Check out the Batman Universe for this and many other great Batman podcasts. I'm Josh, and joining me is... I am Donovan. And this week, we're going to be taking a look at Gotham's episode... Mommy's Little Monster. And who is Mommy's Little Monster? Well, Penguin made that vow that his mother would be found, and he finds her with a knife in her back. And boy, is he sure cross at Mr. Galavan. Galavan? Galavan, right? Huh. Galavan! Are you, I'll learn, I will learn his name before the end of the season. Is this the, is this the episode where you're going to say it for real? I don't know, maybe. <laughs> we'll find out. I will learn it before the end of the season, I swear. But like, he sure is cross at Galavan, and he's like, I sure am going to kill you, mister. I sure am. Uh, meanwhile, Bruce, uh, <laughs> Bruce has got a girl over his house, Silver. But then his other girlfriend comes in, Selena. How awkward. What can make this more awkward? Them having lunch together with Alfred. And Selena making snide remarks about Alfred punching her in the face as Alfred, like, you know, wisps away. Silver warns Selena, you stay away from my man. So then Selena says to Bruce, your woman's is no good. Bruce is like, I thought you were my friend. <laughs> but you clearly don't support my homicidal girlfriend. So get out. Get out, Selena. <laughs> I'll always remember that junkie that we tried to kill together. Uh, what else <laughs> The Riddler wakes up after a crazy night of murder and sex with Miss Kringle. And he's like, now where did I put her body? I know, the vending machine. And we're not kidding, folks. But I'm assuming that you also, I'm assuming that you all saw the episode. You know, if you're listening to this podcast. Well so yeah, Miss <laughs> Kringle, her hand is in the vending machine. The rest of her is in a drawer, which he has to awkwardly like explain away from. Well, a drawer in the morgue, not not like you know a, an underwear drawer. <laughs> they saw the episode. I hope. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's see. Gordon realizes, you know what? This whole Galavan thing. I think he might be evil. And Bulk's like, you're crazy. Oh, look, there's Butch. Butch, is Galavan evil? Yes. All right, Butch, you're under arrest. Hey, where'd you go? Well, cool, he left an arm behind. That's new. So Galavan is elected mayor, and Penguin goes to kill him with an army of cobblepots who all, like, limp just like him and who all dress and look just like him. I don't know where he was able to find so many lookalikes who were willing to, like, die, but... Whatever, he's the king yep. of Gotham. There's a Mexican standoff with Galavan, and he's like, he killed my mother! And Jim's like, I know! And then Galavan, like, looks at Jim like, wait, you know? Uh, so Penguin gets away, you know, without killing anyone, and without dying, which, you know, he made his peace that he was gonna die in that scene, but then, like, when Tigress shoots at him, he's like, oh, never mind. I yeah, actually decided that I don't want to die. Exactly, like, like, one of us is going to die, and I'm not leaving until one of us dies. Woo! <laughs> yeah. And then Gordon does, you know, the same conversation that he had with Loeb and Falcone last season, like, I'm going to take you down, and if I don't take you down, I'm taking you down. And Donovan rolls his eyes. Uh, <laughs> I think that that's pretty much this week in Gotham. Did we miss any important subplots? Like, oh yeah, Leslie Tompkins finds a dragon and flies to Narnia. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, how could you forget that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, more on that next week. <laughs> <laughs> I literally thought we're going to Karen flying across the clouds. <laughs> awesome. Uh, what do we think of this episode? Let's start with the only other person that's here. You know, because it's only. Oh uh, no, no! I want you. I want. I want you to give your thoughts, and then I'll. Then I'll say mine. Oh man, <laughs> something tells me that Donovan is not gonna like this episode this week. I enjoyed this episode. This is um, better than almost all of the season one episodes in my eyes. It, like you know, minus the pilot and Penguin's Umbrella, and maybe like you know, one or two other good ones. Like this was. This was a good episode. Stuff was happening. Stuff kept moving. There was little things about it that I didn't like um, here and there, but. <laughs> I liked the pacing of it. I liked, you know, the fact that we got some development on the storylines. And I said to Donovan on the phone last night that um, I'm so used to the Smallville style of, like, seasonal story arcs where it would take, like, you know, like with Davis Bloom being Doomsday, like, nobody finds out about till like, three episodes before the finale or something like that. Or, like, you know, Zod coming to um, Smallville. And, uh, like, when he came the second time, it was, like, a Zod from... It was like a clone of Zod from the Phantom Zone. I don't remember what it was, because we had, like, Zod earlier in the series, too, but I digress. Like, Zod comes, but he's not going to, like, fight Clark until, like, towards the end of the season, too. So it's interesting seeing all these pieces move together. And there's two scenes that, like, uh, two lines that, like, I had to rewind multiple times. And one was uh, Lee giving Jim the key to uh, 
his her apartments and him being like, oh, you want a key to my apartment? And Lee's like, not even, wait, do you have an apartment? And he says, um, I think so. Like, I love that because uh, that was great. Yeah. And the acting was really funny too. Like, like both Marina McCarran and uh, Ben McKenzie were like kind of putting on a play there. And there's nothing logical about that conversation because, like, clearly they would know about it. But I love that because uh, you know, podcast, I still have the audio from when we interviewed Danny Cannon, where that where you talking to him about that. I should we should pop that in the episode so people can hear us confront him on Gordon's whereabouts. I have a request for the season. Can we get a place for Gordon to live? Because he's been sleeping at his ex-girlfriend's house and yeah. in locker rooms. Um, where, where is he yeah. living? Can we get a place yeah. this season? You and Ben McKinsey have made that request. Okay. <laughs> it's under Sweet. consideration. Yeah. Under consideration? Come on, man. He's the hero of the show. He's With, the, give him a bed. The problem is when you go and you blow your construction budget on Arkham Asylum and a bad cave, I all of a sudden went, wow, we also live. Ben, we'll, we'll give you some place to sleep very soon. <laughs> the guy's got to work, you know. But yeah, I know. It's something to think about. Too. Especially as the show becomes more serialized and more just about like, the lives of the characters, you want to follow them home. Yes. Right, yeah. We said, like, you know, where does Gordon live? And they're like, ha, ha, ha. You and Ben McKenzie are both campaigning for it. We'll think about giving him an apartment one day. And, and we talked about it on the podcast last year. Like, where is he living? Because, like, once he and Barbara were donezos, like... Uh, the implications is like, like, you and Ben McKenzie are so silly. Yeah, like, <laughs> why does he need, to, you know, to have a place to live? This is Gotham. So I love that. And then Selena at that awkward, you know, like, uh, it's not a double date, although it was for Bruce, am I right? That, it's that, a like, lunch, awkward, yeah. you know, lunch. She, she's like, mmm, this coffee reminds me of being punched in the face by an old <laughs> Englishman. Eh, hey, Alfred? Uh, quite right. <laughs> Excuse me. Shut up. And, that, and, and now Donovan's going to tell me why I'm wrong forever. I get... I, I totally see how forever. I totally see how how, how people could like this episode. Um, their direction was pretty good, um, and the acting, it, for the most part, it was very good. Except for Robin Lord Taylor, uh, I hated this episode. Aww. This episode sucks. It sucks so bad. Oh my god, it was horrible. Every scene was ruinous. I, I this was this was the writing completely. Like, like, like drown this 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 episode's potential in a bathtub, and then lit that bathtub on fire. Every single thing that happened sucked. Except, okay, that's not true. I personally actually liked the last scene with the Riddler. The, what you were telling me over the phone made me rage quit, and that's not exactly what happens. Where the, the Riddler is all about um, you you like almost getting caught, and like you know how did it feel? It felt beautiful. That was pretty cool. Everything else was bananas. Everything else was was just like a garbage fire of of wrong and stupidity, and this is the worst episode of the season for me. What? <laughs> okay, <laughs> even more than the premiere because I remember you were kind of like lukewarm. Slash the premiere was the meh. Premiere. It was it was it was average season one, but it wasn't. I, I mean, it, it's stuff that I, I didn't like, but like this stuff, this some of this stuff made me outright like just like want to like stop watching like for instance like like, like the death scene of Gertrude Carpapot I fast forwarded because uh, I, I couldn't stand the acting then I had to rewind and sit through and watch it I was, I was like this, <laughs> this, this this sucks um I did not like Carol Kane in that scene just because like, like Oswald why are you crying I don't know because my mother just got before <laughs> my eyes like <laughs> well I mean first like like everything's gonna be alright and then you hear like a sword being drawn and for some reason that's the same sound effect as flesh touching knife and then like she acts as though she's perfectly fine like there's no like you know loss of breath and then she's like oh you're such a good little boy I remember when you were a little baby Blah. like there was no transitional like like dying it was just like one minute she's smiling the next minute she's corpsing and now a joke that maybe one third of our audience will get I guess she wasn't unbreakable after all unbreakable hey, alive, it. it's a miracle unbreakable I was thinking, Unbreakable, they're alive, damn it. But not Gertrude Cobblepot. The M. Night Shyamalan movie? Okay. Well, I mean, like, I am so sick by this point. Of- I, I, I loved his reaction to her death in that scene, though. Like, how, like, angry slash sad he got. I mean, we we all thought that this character was going to die, like, sooner or later. Like, I'm, I'm amazed it, it took this long. And I'm amazed that Maroney didn't do it, you know, before he died as well. Well, it, it was just so drawn out and emotionally meaningless i'm not meaningless but like I, I i am so sick and tired of 
Tigris and Galavan just like staying smugly, just just kind of grinning. We sure are in control of everything, and like things going according to plan. When like I don't know if if, if the moment her knife that knife hit her back, I would have launched myself at him. It's just like the, the plot needs for him to survive, and yeah, he got he got a, a nick to the neck, but like. Well, he didn't launch at them because, like, he wanted to, like, be with her mother during his Here's an idea. The moment she's out of that jail cell, Butch, get her to the car. Get her out of here. Like, like don't stand around and, like... But, the, t- but Butch just shot a bunch of people. He's not going to trust Butch. Okay. Then run with her herself. Like, he had, he had like, sit down and have, you know, tea time with Mommy while they were in, while they were in the clutches and at the mercy of Galavan. It was just, He's like... Mommy's little monster. Shut up! <laughs> that has nothing to do with anything. This scene sucked. God, like... It, it, I'm, I'm serious. Like, I mean, I, he, the acting in the scene was good, but like, if if your mom got killed by a, a, a smug bastard from out of town and he's just standing there, just kind of just grinning, how would you react? Would you just the, the point? It like he he was more focused on his mother at that moment than he was on revenge. Like, you know, he's holding her. He wants to like be with her for her last moments, which like he's never going to have again. I suppose in that instance, I, I, but I, 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 I could I could go with her having like different dialogue when she's dying, oh you yes. know, or something. That like, was, well, uh, something was just screaming to me. This is this is not what I what, what I would I, it, like. Why are you crying? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. It's almost like she doesn't know she's dying. I, I, I swear to God, like I love Carol Kane. I needed I, I, I needed subtitles for like half of that. <laughs> yeah, like like, like, like like baby cobblepot. What is she saying? It, it was like late at night, and um, you know, and, and I had the AC like my box fan on in my room because it was you know it's Florida and it's like very hot in Florida even in November. It was like eighty something degrees last night, mm-hmm. so like I had the box fan and like even if I turn my laptop up, like the treble or something like you know distorts the voices a little bit. So I'm like trying to like figure it out. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't because like, she was dying that she was unintelligible. My boy has a palace. It wasn't that she was dying that she was unintelligible. Like her, her thick fake accent just completely garbled her voice. <laughs> if you like Carol Kane and want to hear her talk in like a more intelligible voice, watch the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt on Netflix. It is a, it is a very good show. <laughs> I just, but like the entire time it's, it's just like, Okay, big fat butch is behind me, you know, and then like these two people are in front of me. But I, like, I, 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 I would, I would have been so, I mean, especially with with the emotional crap that he's been dealing in the last two episodes. Like the moment she would just like like passed away, I've been like, right, you, and just like whether I would have died or not, just like just launched myself at them. And I don't, I, I don't I, know if he would have gone out of that room alive the way that he did because like Tigris has like you know horrible aim. shooting classes from like the stormtroopers from Star Wars. <laughs> And he's like crip walking to the window. He had she had plenty of time to like shoot him, but like she for some reason wants to shoot all the windows first. Like what? You couldn't write that any better. And she's not that far away either. You know, like she really I mean, isn't. I mean, this this reminded me. I mean, I, I understand he needs to be alive because of plot. You know, like but, but write it better, justify it. You know, we, we can't just excuse everything just because the plot needs for it to happen. Justify it. I mean, this reminded me a lot of Daredevil episode nine when he like he confronts the kingpin and barely makes it out alive. Like that one felt like you know you you understood how he could have escaped, but he really almost could have died. This one it was like Oswald sort of had a, had a bullet to the back of his head, but that doesn't happen because for some I reason I could see him taking Galavan by surprise. But like his sister, yeah, like, come on, like yeah, she's apparently been wanting to kill him the entire time for reasons which they won't tell us. Yeah, like <laughs> you could aim better than that. Absolutely. Scene one, crap. Aww. I'm not well, going to be nice to this also, episode. Well, okay, we have to talk about some other stuff with C1. Like, the fact that, like, apparently the cure for, like, you know, uh, whatever kind of spell Butch was under was, like, you had to find, like, a safety word, like a trigger word or something. No wonder she has a whip. It was a BDF, yeah. BDSM thing. So, like, w- w- once he finds – because we, we had, like, a repeat of, like, you know, the season finale where it's like, Butch, shoot them. And then Butch is like, nah. I shoot you instead. Well, he's like, shoot, shoot the two of them in the head. Okay, boss. And she was like, like the wrong henchman. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> ever since, ever since some <laughs> cut off my hand, my aim's been off. <laughs> Indeed, so. Uh, but so, so, wait, so, so, is he under her control now, or is he? I like, I like that scene. I like that scene minus Gertrude Cobblepot. That's like you know, stupid death scene, and 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 Tigress not being able to aim a gun. But okay, yeah, Butch is a. Uh, his cure was a safety word. But, 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 but I'm asking, hold on, hold on. What, what do you think that safety word was? 
But is he is he of his own free will or is he under their control? I I, I don't understand that. Um, I guess he's of his own free will because, like, later on in the episode, like, he's not with them anymore. He's like starting his own gang for reasons. Well, th- so I guess he's salty over Penguin. Oh, I don't know, dismembering him is like that was the one thing that completely turned him against Penguin. And also, Penguin. Oh, I don't know, killed Fish Mooney. So they don't they don't say that in the dialogue, but you, one can one could infer if one felt the need to. So it, does does he now hate Penguin? I, um. Yeah. There doesn't seem to be a lot of emotion, emotional I mean, grit with this guy. Yeah, you're you're right. Like, how does he feel about Penguin? Because, like, that scene would have gone a long way, and maybe this was, like, cut for time. If, like, Butch, like, says in that scene, like, you know, after everything you did to me, you made me shoot my best friend and you cut off my arm. You treated me like a tool. Like, he should hate Penguin because, like, Penguin made him, like, help kill fish and Penguin cut off his arm, so. But no, we got, we got have scenes of Tigris grinning more. Because that's what this is. I thought about. you were in love with this woman. I am, but not the character. Okay. <laughs> Don't you understand? It's a pure lust factor. Wait a second. <laughs> now she and Butch can finally be together. I don't see her knocking down his door. Okay. She's just a day since mocking it for for Galavan. Like she doesn't really like her. Her personality is just like she's supposed to be like this this crazy insane person who likes to torture people, but. I, I'm I, I'm sorry, but the actress just does, does not portray that very well. She doesn't like Aaron Richards portrays crazy pretty well. Uh, Cindy Lucas or whatever her name is, I don't know. But like she she, she just doesn't pull it off. Like she doesn't pull off that she legitimately is crazy. She's just like this '60s era Batman style evil, and that sucks. I hate to say. She looks hot though. Uh, what do you think about Penguin the rest of this episode? I really wanted him because he says at the very end, like, you know, watching your mother die in front of you changes a man, Jim. But I didn't see it. I mean, b- believe me, if my mother died, especially in the way that she did, I would be sobbing all day. But a character like P- the Penguin in this show, especially, I would have wanted to be just like a lot darker and a lot more like cutthroat. And it felt like it was just. I mean, I mean like when he's watching the television and Galavan's like, you know, he he doesn't even have a face a mother could love as he looks into the fourth wall. Danny DeVito style. That was. <laughs> and Penguin, Penguin, that was yeah, no, Penguin, that like. Was mean. He dies tonight. Well, yeah, exactly. Like, like he's, he's crying like a little baby. I mean, his I, mom just died, man. <laughs> I get that, but like that would that would that would no no pun intended galvanize me to like be, be pissed. I mean, I understand like, he's being he's he's in he's in he breathing. He's also and he's, he's also sad. But he's 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 way more like like. <laughs> <laughs> rather than right he dies like he's supposed to be a crime boss the king of gotham why is he i mean i don't i'm not trying to say that people who cry are weak or whatever i'm not trying to imply that but the character the penguin Shut should up, be a, crying he should be a lot more violent and dark in, at this point at, by that point in the episode i feel rather than just like you know he, he wasn't barely getting a word out no he wasn't he what went on a suicide mission uh, come on, no! Like, like, I, you don't understand what he, I'm saying. He, he, he slashed Galavan's neck earlier in the episode. As as would of anybody, I'm saying like you know, <laughs> once he's had time to like plan and go after Galavan after a moment of you know getting his resources, he should really be hyper focused and and like he should be different. He should be darker. He should be more violent. He should be scarier. And he's not even kind of. He's just not. I mean, I get that his mother died, but. If, she, if, if someone that you love is murdered, not only will you be sad, you will be pissed. And I don't see that from Robin Lord Taylor's acting. He just seems like he's just crying the entire episode, and it doesn't work for me. I guess it worked for you. Yeah, it, it, it worked for me. I did you, did you feel Robin intimidated Lord by him? Say what? Did you feel intimidated by him, or like that he was any different? I don't feel intimidated by people I watch on TV. <laughs> no, but you know, like, was it the condescending? Okay, that sounded more condescending than it needed to. But like, um, uh, if you could, like, did I feel like that he had an intimidating presence? Do you think that he was at all different? Like, did he feel different than he? Besides I being he, sad, I thought he felt very driven and angry and sad at the same time. I, I don't know. Like, 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 do you remember when when Sarah Essen in the comics died and how Jim was, or when Jason Todd died and how Batman was? Or when anything this happens, anytime this happens, logically in media, the character, yes, they're sad. There's going to be tears. But if someone's killed, especially a family member the, like that, the difference the, is like Oswald Cobblepot does not have the emotional like makeup and strength. Like this version of Oswald Cobblepot does not have the emotional strength 
into makeup that like. Do you remember what happened when someone made fun of his mom when she was singing? He killed the guy. He he like he he didn't cry. He straight up just ended him. He didn't cry because his mom was still alive. (laughs) But but if if he wait if come. Hold on a second. His mom is like, I'm not some country bumpkin. I know that you're a crime lord now. What what did she think when she saw him murder that guy like three episodes before? Gotham, you're on notice. Well, I mean, didn't Penguin like – didn't she at least put on airs that she was believed that he says, oh, no, mother, you're mistaken? I don't remember I was on the Yeah, he always did stuff like that. But like (laughs) wouldn't she have noticed that guy like dying? (laughs) I I remember like that that episode where we covered that like you you like you hated with a passion that scene and you like mocked how like it like went into the intro you're like da 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 Gotham <laughs> I did <laughs> this is the point now where I, I was getting fed up with this show <laughs> but 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 like, but like seriously I mean you said that like the penguin doesn't have the, like the emotional faculties to effectively appear really really angry and that's a problem I well, mean he, a- he, he he was angry he was also really really but, sad he's and, he's he's a wimpy man he did the whole like the minute that like butch and everyone turned on him he went to like season one penguin again where he's like i i i i i i beg of you but but that was that was an instance like where things were different my my point is that like penguin as this show is basically penguin year one i get that he's like you know kind of wimpy and kind of you know, nervous around things because he's not in control yet. This should be a turning point for the character where he just takes control and just gets to be really effective and darker. And we don't see that because this show is so used to how he's been played before that they apparently don't have the stones to make him any less less pleasant than he's been before. That's what I'm saying. There, there should be a change. Like, you know, like, like Bruce Wayne has to be darker by the end of the series. But but if he's the same characterization as he is in this episode then that's 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 so a far, misinterpretation he's only killed one heroin addict <laughs> as opposed to the heroin addicts he killed in batman returns but, uh... <laughs> imagine like davi mazao's like punching you know reggie ah oh, you missed and then like davi like smiles and like reggie looks down and there's dynamite on him <laughs> um it, I, 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 it, it just it just sounds like we're, we are like not Reaching the same crossroads here. I, I, mean, I can't. No, no, we're not. I, I can't that's, explain that's, any that's further okay. how this that, is that's wrong. A, that's the podcast. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, but like, let's talk about that ending. You know, like scene two where uh, his his little Mexican standoff with Galavan, which <laughs> I love the moment where it's like he killed my mother, and Gordon like doesn't miss a beat. He's like, I know, and Galavan like. His head like pops up. He's like, "Wait, you know my evil." <laughs> yeah, his head pops up like a Muppet. Like, like <laughs> <laughs> you know, which is ironic because like I also watched Muppets right after I watched this because uh, the episode leaks a day early. Totally legal, I I, I swear. Uh, but anyway, well, of course it is. Well, I mean, I mean, like he says, he says, you know, he, he reacts to Gordon's like, you know, you know that I've murdered someone, but he's like, you know, but do it, Gordon. Kill your America, man. Oh my God! Like, yeah, like the Emperor from Star Wars, like, do it. Do it must be done. Does Tamir have does, does Tamir have a legal course to like order a man's assassination, even if he is being threatened? Like, like can the, can maybe the president, but can the mayor say kill him? I I, I don't know. I honestly don't. But I, I, I haven't I, been in a lot of Mexican standoffs, but I was wondering, can, can't he shoot Oswald in the foot and then like tackle him and arrest him? Yeah, apparently he, he couldn't. Well, well, like, I guess, like, I guess like, he thought that if he got a shot off, murder's not the only way. Well, I guess uh, if, I guess he thought if he got a shot off, Oswald would return fire lethally. He also did have a gun. Uh, would he? But like, would he have time to? I mean, I get. I, I, well, it's like, a hair trigger. I, I don't kind of know thing. about guns and timing and Mexican standoffs. I've I've lived a very sheltered life of like not committing murder and you know not being a cop. <laughs> That's why we're so different on this episode. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Donovan grew up in a rough neighborhood. <laughs> you better believe it. R R U F F. Oh yes. Um, that last scene though, like uh. That last scene, though, like you know, Ben was like, you know, either he dies or I die. I've made peace with that. Has he? I'm determined. Someone's going to die tonight. He is like, he is like stunned in the shoulder, and then he like immediately gets his ass out of there. What? What? Yeah. He, he doesn't go down with, with, with. He doesn't go out like a Scarface, like in a blaze of glory. He just like you know, I better leave to fight the day. Shoot people. Shoot them. Why would you want to spend? Shoot Jim. Shoot Jim. Shoot Gordon. And then shoot Galavan. Galavan's completely unarmed. Kill everyone you see, dude. You're a crime boss. He murdered your mother. It's the same day. Show some balls. Like, for real. What is going on? Yeah, I mean, I understand for story reasons why he can't shoot them because, you know, we still have, like, another, you know, arc to go with Galavan and stuff. But 
I am really hot this episode. Like, I, I wish that, like, there was another, like, thing that could have happened. Like, a, a better explanation for him going away of, like, somebody dies. And that's somewhat, I mean, and the easiest explanation is, well, Penguin's a coward and once gunfire was open on him, By like, God's it, 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 it was a sobering splash of reality and he changed his mind. He's like, never mind, I want to live to kill this guy later. They never showed that. No, it was, it was legitimately well, yeah, I'm exactly. blasting off again. I, I have to, like, you know, pull that one out of my ear. And it's not completely implausible, but it was, like, a big switch. Or, like, you know, maybe he could have been rescued by, like, one of his th- – that one lieutenant who was around in season one. Yeah, the older guy. Like, like, like dime store butch, you know, like, whenever, like, you could I, I think his name was Gabe. Yeah, he, I'm, like, like, I, I recognize because I've seen him before. Like there was he was episode. he was in Penguin's Umbrella when when Penguin killed like Frankie. The, the guy was there, right? And he was I I think he was there when Penguin went to Liza's apartment, and he's like, "But boss, why don't you tell Falcone that Liza's you know?" Um, <laughs> I love characters who say "but boss." <laughs> <laughs> Gee, boss, you th- or like I don't remember what he called him, but he's like, "Well, you know, why don't you tell Falcone that his girlfriend's really a snitch?" Ah, but what you're missing, Dime Store Butch, is that, you know, if I do it now, then we can't milk this for another few episodes until what the little bird told him. I feel like when we reference uh, episodes in that way, this this podcast becomes a clip show. (laughs) (laughs) We've been covering this show for far too long, you know. Um, but you didn't like that way. Like this close attention to the show. But you didn't like how that ended either. I didn't like um, how like he just like ran away, and and I and I could understand like there is three or four different reasons why he could have done it, but it was a very big contrast to like seconds earlier. But I, I know this gets into our like you know argument from like you know four minutes ago, like flashback. But like I love his emotional intensity in that scene, like the he killed my mother, Jim. Like get out of the way. But I don't get how, like, you know, well, he's a whip, and that's how he's going. Like, he's got to change somehow. He can't be this way by the end of the series. He's got to be worth, you know, worth Batman punching in the face. He's got to change. He's got to transition. He can't just still be the wimpy penguin who cries. He's got to be, you know, somewhat scary penguin. He's got to be Danny DeVito or something. He's got to be, and he just wasn't in this episode. He just wasn't. What did he do? What did he do with this episode that was badass? Besides, you know, in a fit of passion slash dude in the neck. He 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 went on an assassination mission. I mean, like, what, what, he, oh wow, he, no one's done that before. No one, no exactly. characters. Even uh, Bruce Wayne's done that before. Where, where where did he get all those lookalikes? Like, I can understand being able to find like Craigslist. How is there so many? <laughs> he probably didn't even tell them what it was for. Like, your mission is to like you know walk down the street. You know, it's a masquerade like, party. Actually, yeah, that, that makes sense. He probably did not tell them what it was for. He posted. Well, like, if, if, if they didn't on, know, like, then Craigslist. they would have ran away. Like, once I, will, they got I will pay. Shot. I will pay people of this height and build a hundred dollars to limp and they all had that limp which like that limp is like weird from episode to episode like there's some episodes where i don't notice it but like this episode like his foot was like facing another direction than like well that, that's it's, it's been like that since season one yeah like so, sometimes it's it's there sometimes it's not did um did burgess Meredith do that in the 60s show did he did he like wobble physically like that um, I don't know. <laughs> it's been a while since I've seen the sixty show. And I've seen like the movie more times than I've seen the show. I think when it's Commodore Schmidt lap he may have done so. But um <laughs> I love Burt Ward where he like he whispers to Adam West, Holy something, it's the penguin in disguise. Right. <laughs> it's it's obviously the penguin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Prepare for trouble. Make it double. <laughs> well, let's go back to the scene real quick. You know, like, like Okay, so they're all marching down, like you know, like trick or treaters outside, like like about a mile away from from the estate. Then all of a sudden, they burst through the window and start gunning people down. How did they? I thought okay, they were yeah, yeah, you're right. My Craigslist theory doesn't check out anymore. <laughs> but, but like, uh, I, I said that first. But like, how did they get to the point where they could crash through the windows when there are guards everywhere? Like, aren't there supposed to be people like like knowing that they're there and like watching them? How did they? How did they jump through the window with guns and manage to shoot people when there are guards? See them do that. That made no sense. The guards are uh, are Grandpa Pickles from uh. uh <laughs> they're all like. All of them. I actually think that there's an episode of Rugrats where like they tease the grandpa. They say you 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 slept during Pearl Harbor, and then he says, "Yeah, but I sounded the alarm once I woke up." <laughs> I don't I, I don't know if I'm mixing that up with like another cartoon or something, but like. <laughs> 
with your father. The man slept through Pearl Harbor, for heaven's sakes. I sounded the alarm as soon as I could. Uh, Mrs. Well, what was he going to do, like, sounding the alarm, like, one minute earlier? That wasn't going to stop the attack. But um, in any case, uh, those guys had guns. You could assume that they killed the guards, that they overwhelmed the guards. Okay, uh, I'm sorry. Is every cop blind in, in, you know, a bullet magnet? Like, they didn't have vests. Like, they couldn't, like, mold them down. They people straight from the academy with no experience. But where was Corinne Bailey Ray? All we saw was Martinez in this episode. Where where was the girl? Like, 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 real talk. She getting her hair done again, but but like but like real talk. I mean, I don't care that the guy died, but like real talk. Like he says, there, there are a bunch of penguins coming down in a crowd. They're walking down, and then Gordon says, "Engage!" And then like next thing you see is like, like they, they just like fly through the through the uh, through the glass like the freaking hobgoblin. It's like and, and then, first of all, they jump from the ground into the into like the, the second floor. Which what? But secondly, like 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 they just completely mow people down with, with shotguns. Like these cops suck. Get Gordon, I, all right, I'm on. Our, yeah, they, they the cops suck. I mean, I know it's a comic point? book city where cops are destined to suck, but God's sake. Well, and, and this episode actually made me wonder about Barnes a little bit, too. If, like, his was whole, he? like, thing is, like, because that scene where, like, he's with Dent and Gallivan, it's like, yes, and then once you become mayor, we'll give you emergency power. So, like, the cops rule the city under your order. I'm like, wait, th- th- this is like Star Wars right here. Like, you know, like, I know, I know we joked about him being the emperor before, but that's literally exactly like what happened with the emperor. Like, he was voted, like, these emergency powers and stuff. And um, I'm sure that there's a lot of real world parallels, but because, you know, I'm Josh and not, you know, like some history major, I'm going to cite, you know, Star Wars instead. <laughs> That thing with Barnes, it's like, okay, like, that's that's a little convenient. So, yeah, maybe, like, this whole, like, you know... And then this was like, yeah, 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 boss. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good idea, boss. Who signed a contract to be a series regular. And then, like, I guess the writers slash producers are like, we're paying this guy to, like, not do anything. We should write him into this episode. I know. Aaron Eckhart is, like, rolling in his grave. <laughs> oh wait, no, never mind. Like, wait, what? Yeah, <laughs> I just, I just say that Eric Hart's two face is rolling in his. Well, what? I, I, I know that, but I'm like, why would he care? <laughs> because this is a ridiculous use of Harvey Dent, the character. Like, I, if they didn't name him, you would not know his Harvey Dent. He's just like this smiling buffoon. Who well, and then, do and then later on in the episode at like the victory party, like for some reason he's the MC. Like they couldn't get anyone else, you know, to introduce him, so they get the assist- assistant district attorney. Like, ladies and gentlemen. The mayor of Gotham, Theo Gallivan, Max Yeah, because apparently Gallivan doesn't need a campaign manager. He doesn't need, like, a vice mayor if those things such exist. He had a campaign he? manager. <laughs> Penguin. He murdered all the other competition. Oh, God. Oh, man. Oh, we got to go to another scene before I get an aneurysm. Okay, well, well, let's keep on talking about Gallivan. The fact that Gordon unmasked him, you know, this episode... Do you like the fact that, like, he did it without – I mean, he did get Butch's well, testimony, I really, but even before Butch's testimony, he was starting to, like, you know, put two and two together. Well, yeah, because Jim Gordon is legitimately de- a detective. I mean, he first appeared in Detective Comics, derp, derp. But, like, uh, like I yeah, do – smoking I, a pipe saying, oh, it's sure a shame about this Batman fellow, not realizing that Batman's sitting across from him. Well, no one did until you actually get to the end of the issue, unless you live after 1939. But uh, for I'm, some reason, I know we got to talk about the episode, but like Detective Comics, at the end of like Detective Comics 27, Bruce Wayne randomly goes into a closet and comes out in the Batman costume just to like mug the readers. Like that, <laughs> that's right. Like why is he doing that? Like ah, oh, now that Gordon's around, I could like prance around in my Batman costume and no one's the wiser. <laughs> He's like the master from like the fifth that, doctor's era. That's the real reason why Gordon found out. Like Gordon like came back because he like forgot his pipe, but he like sees Bruce Wayne through the window. <laughs> he sees Bruce Wayne through the window. He's like, ah, oh, this explains a lot. I must never tell a soul. <laughs> Forget Batman year one. This is how it happens. It's like it's like Pat Hengel from the Adam movie. Oh my God. Or super <laughs> super yes, I know. I know of what you speak. Well, okay. Um, what I was wondering. I, I know Pat Hingle's dead, but I want like an episode of Gotham where like Pat Hingle like just plays Gordon and no one comments on it. But, he, <laughs> <laughs> but but he plays him like the same way he played like you know the the Schumacher Burden Gordon. Completely ineffectual. <laughs> Come on, Jim. Like you know, like this. Blah 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 blah. Ah, yes. Coming, Bullock. Thanks for saving the day. Okay, hold on, hold on. what I was going to say, if I can remember it. Um, yeah, I sorry, do, that was completely off track on my part. I, I, I did honestly like the scene where 
Gordon is telling Bullock, you know, this is this is insanely convenient, even for this TV show. Galavan shows up at the same time the mayor has been gone missing, and we've not even tried to look for him. You know, Penguin's, you know, somehow, you know, against him, and that's not Penguin's style. You saw him work everything out, and it made total sense. And the, Bullock's like, you know, no, that's crazy, and you're stupid. But, like, you know, five minutes later, they found out that's, that's exactly the truth. But I liked Gordon's re- deductive reasoning was not extrapolated to do the nth degree. So I like the fact that like he found out that Galavan was evil very naturally and it and it didn't drag on too long. It didn't go into the next episode the next after that. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, and it, I like how he realized this sooner rather than later and how he realized it on his own. And then you know Butch did corroborate like, you know, one scene later. So that was nice. Um what else is there to say about Gordon? Why is Butch like like I ain't I ain't telling you guys nothing. Like what what does he care? You know, they would go against Penguin. Honor against thieves? Amongst thieves, I guess? I don't didn't, know. Didn't Bullock say that exact same? There's no honor amongst scumbags? Because you have to say scumbags oh, in the show. <laughs> I don't know. But Butch is. I, I he guess. Doesn't have a, he doesn't seem to have a Butch doesn't want to, like, you know, burn any bridges or. or Butch, or, Butch he, he, he sounds different than he does in season one. Like, he doesn't seem to have any, like, loyalties or personality anymore. He just kind of just does what the plot needs him to well, do. He doesn't seem to mind anything. He, he was a puppet for, like, you know, a year. But I mean, like, you would think this entire experience had, would, would like wreck him emotionally. But like, he's like, ah, oh, this is kind of annoying to me. I'm, I'm just going to go back to my normal life. It you didn't. Know, with one he hand. was scared of Zaz and Zaz's men, but it didn't occur to me until like, you know, later that like he should have been a lot more scared than he was on screen because Zaz like legitimately like brainwashed him, and he's now like cured of that brainwashing. And he was like tortured in Zaz's basement for a month and got branded by him. So like, Zaz being at his door, he should be like completely like falling apart emotionally and like begging Bullock and Gordon to like take him away somewhere. Mm-hmm. And he chewed off his own hand like the hyena he is. Yeah, I, I miss the hammer. <laughs> it must be said. I don't. That was ridiculous. But it was funny. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess it, you know, solves the problem of like putting ridiculous like props on his hand. Well, let's talk about uh, actually, because this is involved in the Theo Galvan plot. Silver St. Cloud. Oh my god! <laughs> when she was in that scene at the beginning, I was like, "Why does Aaron Richards look so different?" And yeah, me like, too. <laughs> With her bathrobe. When do I get to play grandfather? Exactly. Uh, that was like an. That's like what Aaron Richards has been saying this whole season. Your beauty is a weapon. Use it against Bruce Wayne by doing <laughs> stuff. Soon, Bruce Wayne will be mine. <laughs> that, that actress is fifteen. Why is a fifteen-year-old like evil? Like, like, what does she have to gain? Does she care about the... the, I guess guess she cares about the family thing, yeah. You guess? All right. (laughs) I I guess. I mean, we did, like, wonder the last few episodes, is Silver St. Cloud in on it? You know, spoiler alert, for the first scene of hers in the episode, yes, she's in on it. So, uh, Bruce Bruce Wayne from Widening Gyre was right all along. Silver St. Cloud is an evil robot. And, and again, I'm not a gigantic... I don't, I don't hate the character, but like you know, she's not a character that I have a particular affection for. At the same time, this is rock stupid. I, 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 like Galavan legitimately has a teenage psychic to send to seduce Bruce Wayne, who he says once Bruce Wayne signs the company over to me, then we can no. Yeah, like he cannot do that. Like Bruce Wayne does not have the power to sign over all of Wayne Enterprises to some random mayor. Are they are they kidding me? And this this is his plan. He's going to say like you know some teenager to like you know talk him into doing that because you know hormones and puberty. Like what? Kind of- Bruce is gay. Send in plan. <laughs> send in plan B. Ah, Tommy Elliot, <laughs> my 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 other ward. <laughs> but like, um, what was what was I going to complain about? Um, Silver St. Cloud and her like the idea of it. Oh, I I love I love when when um. Uh, she meets Catwoman. Bruce, you know, ask, tell Alfred we're going to have a guest for lunch. Uh, and this is not, ha- not ha- Where did this girl come from? Like, <laughs> she didn't come through the front door. <laughs> well, I mean, but, but like, she says, shoo, Bruce obeys her, which is, okay, that's a, that's a thing that happened. And then, like, literally when Davi Mazzaros exits the room, the music's like, do you know what you are? You're trash. No one will miss you. Like the, the, the same cliched, you know, snotty, rich, evil person stuff that we've all seen in every show that we've hated all our lives. I, when, when why is she like this? control Agrabah, the first thing I'll do is get rid of you. Uh, I, you know, I, I probably can't go over too long without just being annoying, so like... I just, uh, it's just so dumb. I mean, like, it, it's an interesting idea, but you got to explore the idea. And I guess, you know, well, they can do it later, Don. 
Oh, why is he? <laughs> why, why is she, why is she dumb? That's a great Josh. <laughs> that was that was uh, that was your typical critic, but like, uh, I I mean, like you know, I am not against the idea, but like just kind of throwing it out there and having us accept it because I I sincerely doubt we're going, we're going to get any explanation as to why she's evil. But it just seems. I mean, I, I guess in the long run, they're kind of going with the idea that like, you know Bruce will learn not to trust anybody, which is a fallacy considering that he has so many friends and sidekicks in the, as Batman. But whatever, that's always yeah, a fallacy. And, and there's so many storylines about how he doesn't trust them. Bruce Wayne murder fugitive. Um, what was that Joker story from Death of the Family? Which was crap. Um, <laughs> um, any Nightwing issue ever? Tis <laughs> <laughs> <Just> true. <laughs> <laughs> How many times have he and Nightwing had like a fit? Oh, <laughs> and then and then they don't trust him because I don't know he fakes the death of Dick Grayson and tells no one, including Alfred, because f you, Bruce. And apparently that's all Dick Grayson's fault. If, if you ask Barbara Gordon, well, um, he, he participated in it. He could have said no. You think Alfred would just kind of smack Bruce in the back of the head. I think it was foolish for Selena to like try and out Silver in front of Silver right then and there, but she's a kid and she's not as smart as she like you know tries to portray herself as. No, she's not. And uh, it, and her emotions were taking over. Yeah, I mean, like, like yeah, I can't see her like you know I must bide my time. No, she would she'd have been like although uh, the way that her dialogue was crap. Like, he's like, I, I, I would have said slut. something in private or whatever, or like or like I don't know. Said the moment that you left the room, she did. I do love her whole like the whole Annie Edison moment where it's like, oh, fake tears. That's good. Yeah, like. Jeffinger <laughs> shows up. Yeah, um, she's, like, she's like great, great touch. You're a really good actress, Bruce. I need to go. And then, like, she, she said, she said she, well, we don't even see, like, how I, I didn't she like did. Bruce's whole, like, you're right, I am a bad judge of character, because I thought oh, you yeah. were my friend. Like, anyone could see, like, that line coming, like, half a mile away, but. More than a half a mile. Well, I mean, like, 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 and then, like, at the end of the episode, like, she's like, I never, I felt so alone until I met you. I wish I would have I I seen how, why she, you know, why, how, how she would at least stare him, but I guess that's not important. Then she kisses him, uh, then Selena sees it, and then, like, I don't think she sees Selena outside the window, but she does literally turn around and smile evilly, and it's just like <laughs> I, I, I thought. I thought that she saw Selena, which I thought was like okay, um, that's weird, but <laughs> that she saw her. But um, oh man, this is so bad. This She's is crap. This I, is I think so that the storyline would have been stronger if like Silver was more than like a one-dimensional villain. Like, like it, it would be more interesting to, like, do a story where, like, Bruce is torn between, like, you know, the crazy, you know, like, rebellious Selena Kyle and somebody that's more from his world, more of, like, you know, the private school, rich upbringing world. And, like, instead of, like, you know, a clear good guy, bad guy thing where, like, the audience is rooting for Selena, like, show that both of the girls are, like, good for Bruce Wayne in their own way, but they – but they catered the different sides of him. That would be like a more interesting thing to do. But I mean, I guess you could do that in season I mean, this, this three exact when same Julie thing, Madison comes on or something. This, this exact same plot was in Dark Knight Rises, but at least we saw, quote unquote, Miranda Tate. Like we saw her interactions with Bruce, but because she is so one-dimensional here, like 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 we don't, we don't even see uh, their interaction. Miranda Tate. <laughs> I don't want to go on too long of a Dark Knight Rises rant, but, like, he hadn't even met the woman yet, and everyone's, like, already buying engagement ring, like, oh, Lucius Fox is like, oh, yes, Miranda Tate, she sure is beautiful. Bruce, we just want you to be happy. Like, everywhere he goes, it's like, Bruce, how come you aren't married to Miranda Tate yet? But, uh, <laughs> I, I digress. Um, I... Did you like that, though? The, um, Evil Silver St. Cloud? No, I, I liked Selena, you know, teasing Alfred about punching her in the face. Um, I thought it was really weird and awkward that, like, this homeless girl broke into the house and, like, you know, Barbara Keene style, they're like, oh, let's pretend that, like, this is completely normal and invite her for crumpets, you know, like. I will say, I liked, I, I think that Cameron Binkadova did a good job acting because, like, when she first sees Silver, they got a shot, shot, shot of her eyes, and you kind of see her, and then look look at Bruce. It's very quick, and I can't really describe it, but it's actually pretty good acting. And um, she did a good job in this episode, I think. I wish I could have seen Alfred's face when Bruce comes in. Like, Alfred, Selena's here. She's going to have lunch with us. Isn't that great? Like, he probably dropped whatever tray he was holding. Oh, sorry, Master Bruce. Just nerves left over from when Reggie stabbed me. You remember Reggie, don't you? The junkie who you and Miss Kyle met at. Huh. Now, now, where's my brass knuckles? 
<laughs> can you send Miss Kyle in here? <laughs> Lock the door. <laughs> we probably should joke about child abuse. That's probably not cool. It's in the context of the show, so like... Okay, that's cool. <laughs> of course, child abuse is always cool. Uh, oh, I, I do also like how like Bruce is like we haven't ch- we haven't had an episode together since you know Jer- since Jerome died, and she's like, oh yeah, I have this whole crazy storyline with like you know Firefly, and Bruce is like, yeah, you gotta leave. <laughs> my my other girlfriend's here, but I I love how like she's like, oh yeah, I had this storyline the last few episodes, and she like starts to tell him about it. Although a little more excitedly than like she should, since like she was crying on a roof about it, but that's in character for Selena to like hide her feelings anyway. Yeah, even the Bruce. Um, speaking of hiding things, <laughs> let's play. Where's Kringle? First of all, <laughs> she, she, she got she got she got, a, she got a, a casting credit in this episode, and Chelsea Speck as Kringle. You know the corpse. <laughs> Yeah, um, so last week with Stephen Lacey, we debated, is Miss Kringle still alive? Probably not. Well, we got our answer this episode. Most definitely not. <laughs> She's dead. <laughs> and, how, did, uh, how, how did nobody end up finding her in the morgue between when she was put in there and then when, when Nygma found, find her, found her? Shut up. Right. Um, I guess it was nighttime. Now, you, and you, was really busy. And you they, pro- they, they probably thought he was handling like a real corpse from like a crime scene. Now you watched this episode before I, I I did, and you kind of like vaguely told me about this, and then you said at one point that uh, you know Edward Two Face was like you know you love it, you love murder or whatever, and I flipped, my- I, I absolutely got outraged. It, it, is, is that not what what he said? He does, he, he I, don't, I don't believe. No, no, no. He did not say that. Because I, I he's, he's he's like, oh, you'd be so excited to like. No, he says, you, know, you, what you, you love have the thrill do. of of being chased. You love the the possibility that you could be caught, but them not getting you. And that's actually why I like the the very last scene with him because that's actually actually kind of like the Riddler. You know, the but he's thrill saying of, what what you would have had to have done if Leslie would have caught you. But like it, it, it's what he's talking about more is like the thrill of being caught but not doing so, being smarter than everybody. He's he's actually explaining more of Riddler's motivations in the comics, which I thought actually end, ended up working much better because I was about to rage quit that like you know the character just isn't a serial killer, and it's more about it's more about you know knowing things that people don't and kind of lording over that people that 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 the ghost of Riddler or whatever that we're calling him. It's kind of like you know. Saying to try to make him admit that he enjoys, rather than the act of killing, because that's just straight at the character. I don't care what show or interpretation this is. That's not the character that, they, that they're trying to do. But like what they ended up doing with the, what he was telling him, say how did it feel almost being caught, but you weren't caught. You know, it felt beautiful. That's good. That is good. That that that's that's solid. I like that. Okay, maybe I have to rewatch that final scene. But like, I feel like it was saying like, oh, you know, like. You know the excitement of what you would have had to have done if Lee and her dragon, you know, caught you. (laughs) Well, he doesn't like specify. You would have loved what you had to do. It was like the thought of what you had to do, like like kind of like the thrill and the you know the anticipation and the nervousness and the rush and the adrenaline, rather than. You would have loved to kill her. Like he's not saying that because I mean, believe me, I listened back to I listened to this hard. I was I was playing no favorites and it, it was it was pretty okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> I do love his line when he's like yelling at his Willem Dafoe self, like "You stole my dead girlfriend from me." I never left too. <laughs> yeah, this his plot in this episode was probably the, my, the least one that made me mad. Uh, although I hated the whole like you know wacky musical montage. Let's find the body. Some like nineteen fifties like you know like music or something. Like this is sick. Really. <laughs> yeah, it's just like in the Kingsman, like that church scene. It's like you know, this is a bad thing, but we want you to feel happy while watching it. It's just like you don't know what you're doing, do you? Kingsman. For our thoughts on Kingsman, see our episode of the Comic Book Film Review, where we discuss Kingsman with Chris and former Gotham Chronicle co-host Stella on iTunes. I do think that like he was acting way too suspicious. And like weird, like well, incredibly. that's always him, right? But to which, like, that would be the argument, like, well, he's always like that, but like, he's like, he legitimately like tries to block her from seeing the body. But I guess Lee is just stupid. Yeah, she, wasn't she like working? Like, one of the nurses that she was working with at Arkham was like a serial killer, and like she didn't realize it the whole time. So <laughs> she's yeah, not stupid. the most. She's not the most. Obs- oh, come on, come on. <laughs> Don't, don't insult Deadpool's girlfriend. I'm assuming she's going to be playing Deadpool's girlfriend, right? Is that what she's doing in the movie? Or is I she like think a, so. 
Is she like a villain? Who knows? No. Yeah. Don't, <laughs> don't, don't, don't insult Hawkgirl. She's also Hawkgirl, right? <laughs> Swing and a miss. She's Black Canary in Justice League. She's like every other character in that in that cartoon. She was a perfect voice for Dinah Lance. I loved her as Dinah Lance, and I had no idea that she would do other DC stuff and, and I guess Marvel stuff. I mean, I, don't, I, don't, I mean, I don't know. Like, like, did you like slash were neutral on the whole? You know, let's make a game out of finding where you put this body of the person that you killed. Like, I, I, I was neutral on it. Truth be told, it was it was an interesting way to kind of bring about what he said at the end. I, I, you know, it, it was okay, but I, I really don't. I really didn't like the fact that like they played it for laughs and the, the not not so much like the the vendor machine, but like the musical montage was just like, shut up, Gotham. But um, I, the, the whole thing kind of ju- justified itself at the end. What else is there to talk about this uh, episode? Bullock's useless, uselessness. Yeah, the character. <laughs> oh, red, red shirt number two went went bye bye. Yeah, red shirt number two went bye bye. Um, I'm pretty and gruesome. It, 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 <laughs> and nothing was lost of any value. Why was he looking down like an idiot? Like, like I we I, I round that like he like he was like I have you on my sights now. Oh, my shoes are untied. Oh, I'm dead. Because like remember what they said in that Strike Force episode? Like oh I know. Let's get like inexperienced cops who like just graduated from police school who have like never had any experience. What could possibly go wrong? They've had more screen time than that other guy in uh like Rod- uh, Rodrigo or whatever in the in the DCPD who's apparently still alive. Like, Jim, give a phone call. Jim, here's a letter. Jim, here's an evidence. Like, like he doesn't do anything. <laughs> He's the Hoffman of the Gotham universe. <laughs> He's the Gabe of the Gotham of the Gotham City. Gabe. Uh, Gabe. The, old, uh, the, old, the older gangster we talked about earlier, like Dimester Bush. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I, I was the uh, I, when I said Hoffman, I was thinking of like that, like one Daily Bugle employee from the Rain oh, yeah, no. Spider-Man movies. Yeah. Okay, Gabe. When you say Gabe, I was thinking like of from the Office. Uh, <laughs> no. I was like, oh, he did stuff like date, you know, the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, whose landlady was murdered this episode. What a laugh. Uh, that was Mommy's Little Monster. Final thoughts. <laughs> final thoughts? I like this episode, and Don didn't, so wh- well, whatever. <laughs> if you agree with Don, you know, uh, <laughs> jump off a building. If you agree with Josh, go buy a candy bar, because it's the week after Halloween. Here are some comments on our the BatmanUniverse.net's Facebook page for Buy Fire. As of we're recording this, which is November 3rd, there is one comment, which is, having trouble playing the podcast. The typical player isn't popping up, and both the play <laughs> new window and download buttons just link back to the page. Help. Thanks. And that was from our friend Avery. Well, Avery, sorry that it's not working on the website. If you go to iTunes, the RSS feed seems to be working there. If you have a way to find our RSS feed through a podcatcher, that should hold you over until Dustin or whoever uh, handles this web stuff fixes things up. And now, uh, next week's episode is called Tonight's the Night. Tonight's the Night, and here's the solicitation. Galavan sends Barbara after Jim Gordon while he tries to make a business deal with Bruce Wayne, because he's legally allowed to do that. Barnes and Bullock are hot on Barbara's trail, while Nygma has a run-in with a familiar face. In an all-new Rise of the Villains, Tonight's the Night, episode of Gotham, airing Monday, November 9th, on Fox. And there was a little promo that aired too. What did uh, with? Uh, <laughs> let's talk about that. <laughs> we don't, I, I don't. Even, I don't even need to give you the pretense of asking you a question. Just ready, set, go. <laughs> what do you think? I thought all of that. Um, it, it's definitely something that, that I want to check out. But uh, Galavis, like you know, now the, finally the, the time is now, Barbara. You must now. You can now kill James Gordon. And Barbara looks like, like you know, the, the cat that just caught the canary. Like, yes, thank you, Father. I will not disappoint you. As though she should... For some reason, like, she kidnaps... Uh, or or she, Gordon has her in interrogation, and she she Frenches him. And then, I, I, I guess she's poisoned <laughs> because she can pass on As, as Lee looks on, like, oh, dear. yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm insecure about our relationship. I guess he likes her more well, than yeah, me. She, 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 <laughs> she's Spider-Man. <laughs> She says, like, in in, uh, in that promo, too, like, oh, she still has a hole on you. Like, okay. Can you when... blame him? They were engaged. Well, and also, like, I was waiting for her to find out that, like, you know, like, that, that he had just ended an engagement, like, weeks before they started dating. But, like, that, that conversation never came up. But, like, okay, and all happy families are alike, the season finale, when he walks in and sees his two, like, you know, girlfriends trying to kill each other. He takes Lee's side immediately, and throughout this whole thing, he takes Lee's side. When Barbara calls and is like, oh, you know, it was Lee who attacked me first, he's like, don't ever call here again. 
And, like, he's never done anything but take Lee's side. So, like, you know, come off it, you know? I mean, and and Lee's, like, looking like, oh, no, is this a kiss of passion? Like, I'm – without the context of the episode, which hasn't aired yet, I would have to guess that, like, he's kissing her to, like, get information or to do something or to subdue her. Who the heck knows? Now, at the end of that promo, they're in a cathedral or something from uh, Batman 89 – and uh, she's in a wedding dress. It would actually be hilarious if, like, she she somehow, like, kidnaps, like, a priest or a clergyman and, like, actually winds up marrying him against his will. Even though, like, there's no way that, like, that marriage would be legally binding. Gotham will find some BS way to say, sorry, Jim, there was a priest and everything. For all intents and purposes, she is now Barbara Gordon. And there's a law saying that, you know, a husband can't arrest a wife, so she's free to go. What? <laughs> that, would, that, would, that would be quite the episode that I would, that would leave the show on. <laughs> and by the way, she's pregnant. What do you think of the name Barbara? That would be awful. That like, yeah, like like, like Batgirl will be named after like be named after her cynically. <laughs> yeah, uh, just go with just go with the whole niece thing, please, Gotham. <laughs> oh man, it... I, I'm, I'm looking forward for a good Barbara versus Jim episode. It's been a lot. It, we haven't had crazy Barbara do anything in a few weeks. It, it does not. Well, okay. There's 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 a few definitions. It looks good on a you know wacky so bad it's good. I gotta see this crap scale. It does not even kind of look like you know actually good because how could it be when you have you know mugging Aaron Richards kind of just dancing around la 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 la. Um, I'm sure it's gonna be engaging. I probably will like it better than this episode. God hoping. But uh, I, I I don't I, I I'm I'm sick. I think this episode made me really sick of Galavan because he's such a broad and typical two-dimensional villain that there's so there's so little there's there's such a dearth of subtlety to the guy that I'm sick of him you know lording over everybody and telling people what to do I'd rather just I can't wait to get him, him get shot in the head by J.D. Pinkett Smith you think that's how he'll die just return <sighs> I would love that. that it would be nice for Fish to return when like there's been enough time of, of her being gone for like it to actually mean something we talked about this last night like we didn't love how, how you know the plot she was in but like the character, at least on how she was played, I kind of liked. And if she came back and killed Galavan, that, I think that would be awesome. But I know, I know that won't happen. Because she's, she's too busy managing Charles Gambino in the Magic Might universe. I was about to say, like, what? Are they partners now? <laughs> that would be awesome. Like, she comes back. Imagine, like, Donald Glover returns to act, act, returns to acting. He didn't leave acting. He was in The Martian. But, like, Donald Glover, like, <laughs> returns to television in Gotham playing... Um, who'd be a BS character that, like, he can play, like, that Gotham would butcher? Luke Fox! <laughs> <laughs> At last. Well, this Lucius Fox looks, like, too young to have a son that old. Um, let's see. Hey, <laughs> he, he plays Tim Drake. <laughs> and Tim Drake's evil because it's Gotham. So, until next time, this is Josh. <laughs> and this is Donovan. And you've been listening to the Gotham Chronicle podcast. Dragon lived by the sea and frolicked in.
totally be like messed like uh i'm trying to figure out a clean word to say this but like his plan would totally be I'll, i guess i'll just have to bleep and like when i'm editing this i'll be annoyed like constituting oh. his his niece no i no, i was gonna say like his family his plan would totally be <laughs> if it turned out bruce was gay <laughs> no, no, you leave that in. I, think that, oh. that's, that's, <laughs> I know but no no but i can't say well, I guess I, I kind of... We've been swearing all the episodes. You've not, you've not censored this in a long time. I don't know if I, sen- I censored some last time. <laughs> we were legitimately... It's since season two. And that's not... That's, <laughs> oh, well. Um, that does not say anything, though. I don't need this fucking swear word tirade. This isn't George Carlin. This is the BatmanUniverse.net. It is a family-friendly podcast where you talk about, you know, prostitution, murder, rape... You can't get. I like how Dustin can't like simulate s- say an s- entire sentence without stopping. Anyway, like, it turns out I meant to do more with that whole like Lee and Dragon thing. That like, oh, <laughs> you did? I felt completely that out of nowhere. <laughs> I know, but yeah, but but like, but like once it was there, I was like, ah, oh, this this will be something funny to come back to. Like, I'm, I I made a point in my head that like I should reference that throughout the episode as we're like talking about these plots like as if like in the background this whole time there's a subplot about like Lee like feeding this baby dragon and like Jim can't know about it uh, <laughs> I know you're keeping something from me <laughs> Leslie Talkers has a baby dragon that, that, that Ben McKenzie threatens her over to know its, its knowledge <laughs> still a better episode than uh, the doll maker <laughs> uh. This, uh, this, this is a horrible episode. <laughs> I was like, imagine, like, all the whole, like, you know, like, pet cliches from kids' movies where, like, the parent is like... I like, want that dragon out of my house! <laughs> or, or, like, where, where the parent doesn't know about the pet and it's, like, under the table or something. And it's like, oh, Jimmy, you sure are acting weird. Ah, chew, that's weird. <laughs> I'm like a gigantic ant and ant man? I only sneeze when I'm around dragons. And there's clearly no dragon in this apartment. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh man. <laughs> what? Dragons are a thing in top of the universe. <laughs> like, like Beethoven and like, um, and Bingo and Airbud. Like any movie where like a kid has to like hide a dog from like his parents and like. Why will Leslie Tompkins be she's, she's not a little girl. She's a grown ass woman. If my boyfriend who doesn't live here finds out that I'm a pet dragon, he'll be, he'll sure be cross with me. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I, I really do have to go, but that was fun. I enjoyed it. Oh, yes. Tune in next week when, like, Aaron Richards goes crazy. <laughs> That'll be fun. Uh, goes crazier. Goes even crazier. Um, <laughs> she kills Jim's parents, too, who have, like, never been seen. <laughs> or, like, this will be the big reveal. Your father. Yeah. I also blew up your apartment. No, not my apartment. All my family was in there. <laughs> Just like Flash Thompson's brother-in-law. <laughs> They're pumpkins. All right, I'll talk to um, you later. All right, man. See ya.